just kidding. It's Ryan Trady Hart, and welcome to the podcast. And here we go. Okay, guys, this is Heart to Heart, and I am your host, Brian D. Hart. Brian Trady Hart hijacked the podcast studio a little bit, but that's cool. Yes, sir. Oh, my goodness. Hey, guys, this is our podcast. We're back. We've been away for a little while, but we're going uh, to be doing some discussion about the Bible and learning about the Bible and discussion of the Bible, and uh, Trey may hijack it again. I cannot help that if he does. He's quiet now. All right. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Like and subscri- subscribe. Say that word, Trey. Subscribe. Okay. <laughs> this is a heart to heart. Hope you enjoy. All right. We are back at it. Here we go. Um, thanks so much for listening again to Heart to Heart. I hope this is... Uh, sounding okay i'm i'm kind of a little bit rusty on making these things and uh and i appreciate you listening i had a lot of folks come uh comment and talk to me ask me where this has been and what what i've been doing and life just got a little busy this spring uh with church uh easter and children's ministry and a lot of different hats and also trying to be dad and be uh be present at ball games and be there with my disciple groups you know um the people uh take priority in my life and i just wanted to be there for people and also it was i'll be honest i got a little tough finding folks to interview and i uh i wanted to interview some uh some good folks and it just kind of got kind of in between i know a lot of you guys are busy as well and i'm trying to learn how to do the phone interview that's my goal is to learn how to record the phone interview for you guys, and I think I can do some things, but I uh, had some suggestions about what to do, and I think what I'm going to lean in here and do for the next, I'll be honest with you, I don't know, I think it, it, at least going to be six weeks, at most it could be maybe 12, uh, but the life group I teach, I teach a life group, that's what we call them at New Covenant Fellowship Church, It's you can call it really whatever you want to, we call it life groups, but it's a small group, some say call it Sunday school, we meet on Sunday mornings. And um, we have been going through uh, different books of the Bible. We just came out of the book of Judges. And, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I had so much fun, one, teaching it, learning it again. But we did the book of Judges, and we, we kind of got to the tough part of Judges, not not the Sunday school lessons that you teach uh, the third graders or even the uh, three-year-olds. We start talking about some of those tough stories, tough stories and some of the things that happened. And uh, my fellow teacher, Josh Fargus, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, did absolutely an amazing job of creating some of those discussions and what does it look, what does scripture look like and what was it teaching us? And it was really, really a great lesson. And, and going through the whole series, I think the biggest thing that, that, I got was God's always working amongst his people, even when we don't see it or know it or uh, it just, it was a blessing to do. We're coming out of that. We've been toying around and pushing uh, in our life group about jumping into an apologetics uh, study. And what I found, I found a book uh, this year that I read through this past uh, year. It was so good um, back in January and February. And it's called How Not to Read the Bible. 
And I know the the title, you're like, wait, what? It's it's called How Not to Read the Bible, but it's an apologetic look, and it's and the subtitle is more important than anything, Making Sense of Anti-Women, Anti-Science, Pro-Violence, Pro-Slavery, and Other Crazy-Sounding Parts of Scripture. It's written by a guy named Dan Kimball, and uh, I, I really, really have never heard of Dan Kimball until this book. Really enjoyed this read. Uh, it was forwarded by Sean McDonald, who I absolutely love, and you guys need to follow his stuff. He has a fantastic podcast, and also I watch it on uh, YouTube, and he interviews these guys, and he actually interviewed Dan Kimball. That's where I saw it, and then I was like, man, I was intrigued because it was almost like modern-day apologetics. Now, I know that somebody may be listening to this and say, okay, there's a – what are you talking about? Modern apologetics is apologetics. It's knowing your faith. It's being able to defend your faith and the Bible and the doctrines of God. I get it, but you know what? It seems like every single week or day a new a discussion about Scripture is coming up. A new, I mean, like – I'll be honest, when I was a middle school student or high school student, when I accepted Christ as my Savior at 17 years old, I never thought that I'd have the seeking scripture of what transsexualism looked like, what what a, a, a trans person looked like, and where they fit in God's kingdom. I never thought I'd be be looking at, you know, uh, uh, I was reading the other day where they're talking about cloning wo- woolly mammoths. Giant, I mean, giant, I mean, woolly mammoths like a... Uh, an elephant with horn. I mean, you guys, you guys are in the world. Y'all see this stuff? It's absolutely nuts out there, and uh, and the Bible has the answers. There's a billboard I saw yesterday going down the road. It says if you have a question, the Bible has the answer, and I believe that with all my heart. I believe the Bible's inherently correct. It's true. It's pointing us straight to Christ. It is the truth, and uh, and I believe the answers are in there. But I think sometimes now, man, it's not as easy as it used to be. And then Dan Kimball brought up this point. Uh, that just really grabbed my attention uh, of there's become almost uh, an evangelical movement against Scripture. And I'm not talking about evangelical Christians. I'm talking about atheists and those that don't know Christ and far from Christ are using uh, the Internet and social medias to really cast tons of doubt in Christians' minds and really make us look stupid is what the goal is, make us look stupid so no one will believe in Christ or God and, you know, they want to water down God. They, they want a, a praying emoji God. They want a God that's not uh, the way, the truth of life, which Jesus is. And this book really attacks some of that. And I actually preached a message at New Covenant. You can look it up uh, on our YouTube page about uh, d- believing in unicorns. And I did it earlier this year, and it kind of came from the first chapter of this book. It really grabbed my heart, and I and I had so much good response from that message of folks being like, man, I, I, I learned a lot at that time. So we're going through it in our life group. Now, here's what I'm going to do for the next couple weeks with uh, the podcast is I am going to teach. I'm, I'm using the podcast with no one in the room. Uh, to teach and then to reteach this kind of on Sunday morning. So if you are in the greater Alamance County area and you don't have a Bible study, you don't have a life group that you're going into, man, join us. Join us this Sunday, whatever Sunday you're listening to, join us in, uh, at New Covenant at 915. Uh, find me when you walk in. I'll be right by the door and I'll get you into our class. And we, we're going to discuss these things. We're going to discuss these things. We're going to talk about it and, and work these things out together. So I'm going to create questions and we're going to work these things out together. 
and um and we're gonna start this week we'd love to have you but i'm gonna kind of give you an introduction to this uh this week and if you're maybe listening to this next week uh this is what we're going through but it's the idea of the bible and here's what happened is dan kimball said that he was getting his hair cut by a young barber uh, they knew each other the barber was not a believer in christ and he was a believer in christ and he said to him he said i man i didn't know you believed in unicorns and <laughs> And Dan said, excuse me? So yeah, the Bible says you believe in unicorns. And he brought out Isaiah 34, 7 in the King James Version. It says, the unicorn shall come down to them. He said, it says right there in your scripture, you believe in unicorns. And here's the crazy thing. It says it multiple times in the Old Testament in the King James Version. In Numbers 23, 22, it says, God brought them out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, strength of a unicorn. Wow, like it's legit, not just talking about unicorns once. There's multiple places about unicorns. And what that has done, and, and Dan started talking to me, he's like, where did you see this? Where did you know this? And he's like, man, I saw it on Pinterest. Believe it, Pinterest. Not not Instagram, not TikTok, uh, not Facebook, but he saw it on Pinterest. I mean, it's out there. It's everywhere. And what it is, is it's creating verses, and it's using verses to make believers doubt what they really believe. I mean, there's another one I, I've, I found and it said that women need to hush. And in 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35, it says, Let your women keep silent in the church, for it is not permitted for them unto to speak. Well, I'm going to tell you what, if you've ever been to our church, that is not true. My wife's in the back hall, and buddy, I promise you, she is talking to somebody. That's, I mean, I, so you came to me and said, so women aren't supposed to speak at church? I'd say absolutely women should speak at church. They have every right to speak at church, every, every right to glorify God, every right to read scripture, every right to teach. But they're like, what about this verse? So that's what this whole study as we go into is we're going to deal with some of these issues. We're going to deal with the subtitle, this making sense of anti-women, anti-science, pro-slavery, pro-violence, pro and the craziness of scripture. Why can't we eat shrimp? I mean, that's crazy. I love shrimp. I love grilled shrimp. I love popcorn shrimp. I even love movies like Forrest Gump when people talk about shrimp. I mean, I love shrimp. So the Bible says I can't eat shrimp? I mean, come on now. I mean, listen, it. I just think that this is a great study for us to work out of learning what Scripture, how to deal with Scripture, how not to read the Bible. Here's why the title is How Not to Read the Bible. Here's how the study is. It's it's We need to be able to handle the Word of God correctly. And here's... One thing or two things that God's real. I'm here. I just I say one thing. One it's one thing a part of what God's teaching me. In the last couple of years, as a pastor, as I've gone from being a youth pastor to associate pastor, my I've got two big things that I have to focus on each and every day, and that is teaching people to spend time in prayer and how to handle the word correctly. Because if you know how to pray and you know how to read the Bible and learn from the Bible, then you can grow anywhere at any time by yourself. You don't need the church. And see, what Christ has called us to is to be part of the church. And the church is supposed to be where we get fueled up and excited and we need to be there. But it can't be the only place we grow. If you're only growing for an hour or two hours on Sunday morning, man, it, it's going to take a long time for God to get you to the maturity He wants you at. Our growth has to come on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It has to come with rightly handling the Word of God. Now, I believe books are great. I believe uh, podcasts are awesome. I love. I mean, I'm doing a podcast. Why would I not promote it? Hey, and that by the way, go like and subscribe. That hooks me up. It helps me out. Anyway, but uh, 
But those things are great. Worship music's great. But there's nothing better than spending time alone in the Word of God, letting Him speak to you through His Word, through prayer and opening your heart and opening the Word of God and worshiping that way. And if that's where God, I feel like the God, it's the main place He teaches me. It's the main place that God taught me is right there. If that's the case, then I need to know how to handle the Word of God correctly. i got to be able to handle it. And here's the, here's a little preview that we're, we're going to talk about this weekend uh, in our uh, life group, which I want you to be there, is when we handle the Word of God correctly, the first thing we need to do is we need to understand what we're handling, okay? We're handling a Bible, okay? This is very, very important, okay? The word Bible is translated, it's, it's actually translated from the Greek of Biblia, okay? Which, this is where I, my first point, I want you to understand something. That is plural for books, See, so when you when I was growing up, and even today, if you come to me and say, hey, where's my holy Bible? Where's my Bible? I would think about my book. Just It's one book. It's all together. But it really is 66 books, 66 different books. The Bible is more of a library than it is a single book. In the Bible, here, here's the four things I want to I make sure we understand today as I encourage you in the, this podcast. Is one, the Bible is a library, not a book. Two, the Bible is written for us, not to us. Now, I'm going to say that again. The Bible is written for us, not to us. James Mern said that. That's an unbelievable quote. Okay? Number three, never read just one verse. You can't. you got to read the context of it. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. And here's the final thing. Just like in Luke 24, just like in all over Scripture, the Bible, the entire point of the Bible is Jesus. It is Jesus. It's pointing to Jesus. So let's start with that first one. The Bible is not a book. It is a library. Here's the crazy thing. The Bible is 66 books. Okay? Nuts. It was written over 1,500-year period. I mean, that's crazy to think about. The Old Testament was written. That uh, Some scholars say that the Old Testament was started back, I think is uh, I'm, I'm probably going to be wrong here, it's like, 14 AD, right? Oh, no, no, 14 BC. 14 BC is where they think the book, the first book of the Bible got st- was started, and that book is actually, um, what book is that? Come on, somebody tell me. Uh, it's not Joel. What's the one where all the suffering, what's my man? What's my man? That Job, Job, my son's in here with me. Job, that's right. Job is considered the first book at 14 BC, and then the last book was finished up somewhere around 100 AD, talking about the first church in John. That's actually 1,500 years. There was 39 Old Testament books, okay, and then 27 New Testament books. Now, there's why do we call them Old Testament, New Testament? Well, it's really Old, Old Covenant, New Covenant. Okay, Old Covenant and New Covenant, and that's how we break them up. And because we have to understand, though, that these books are all different. There's different types of books in the Bible. So this is where we talk about the library idea. There's the law. There's the law in the Bible. Actually, the first five books are considered the law. It's actually the Jewish Torah today is still the first five books of the Bible. Then there's from Joshua all the way to Esther, it's historical. It's a history book. It's, it's telling us what happened and what God did amongst history. And then we get into some poetry, right? We get into some poetry with the Psalms and the Proverbs and Songs of Solomon. Don't read that around your young kids. And then we get into the major prophets, okay? We get into the major prophets, and then we, get, then we finish up the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, with the minor prophets. All these little books telling us with Joel and Amos and all these different books. Then, all of a sudden... 
there's 400 years of silence. It's kind of quiet. And then all of a sudden, God starts speaking again. And then all of a sudden, we have a man named Jesus. And then the Gospels are so rich. And I'll be honest with you, if you've never handled the Word of God, you've never read the Word of God, you want to know where to start reading the Word of God, start in the Gospels. Start in the Gospels. It's so good. But we have the Gospels, and then all of a sudden we jump back into history, and Acts is telling us about what happened in the first church. And then as what is happening in the first church, this man named Saul gets converted, becomes Paul, and Paul's writing these unbelievable letters. And then we finish up with some general letters, and then we finish up with the book of Revelation. All right? So when we think about that, we think about that the, there's history, there's law, there's poetry. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to read a poetry. I'm going to read poetry a lot different than I'm going to read history. You know, and I'm going to read, um, I'm going to read letters to someone a lot different than I'm going to read um, uh, the Gospels. But it, just think about it like this. You, when you're reading, if you're reading something, you're going to read, if you sit down in the evening and you're reading a article on the uh, a magazine article out of the Atlantica, you're reading those words interpreting differently than if you're reading a text message from your best friend. Because you always have to think about the context of the way those things are being said, the way those things are being taught to you. So when you hear a verse like there's unicorns in the Bible, you're like, wait, what? Wait, what? See, you got to realize the Bible is every single page of this Bible is for us, or give us insight and instruction for what God has for us, our lives. Some of it, though, is poetry to draw us into a love and worshipful relationship. Some of us, it's history, helping us understand who we are and where we came from, not making the same mistakes. And, and a lot of it, a lot of it is telling us structurally in the New Testament how we should worship and build our church and how we should handle the Word of God. We must always remember the Bible is written not, not the Bible's written for us, but not exactly to us because it's written over 1,500 years. You know how many different cultures that was in 1,500 years? I think it's absolutely amazing, too, that it was written in, it was literally written in, in two languages, okay? The main two languages is, that we see is, um, it's, it was written in Hebrew, which is Aramaic, is what we call Aramaic, and it was written in Greek, right? Because of, and that's because of the culture in which what was happening was going on. I mean, 1,500 years, a lot can happen. I mean, Greek and he, and, and these things, and, and we can get into that story later. But one of the things that I, uh, when I was studying, I'll talk about on Sunday morning is Jeremiah 10 11 is actually uh, in the Old Testament, right? It's in the Old Testament, and it's written in ancient Aramaic, which is kind of cool. It's not. Modern Aramaic, it's ancient for a reason. And and we'll talk about that on Sunday morning. And if you want to ask that, give me a call or text or, or type in. But but remember, there's 66 books here, and they're written by 40 different authors. Some of those authors are shepherds, they're farmers, they're tent makers, physicians, they're philosophers, and even kings have written this. So they're all going to be different. They're all going to look totally different. And that's what I love about understanding how to handle Scripture, is that we can start seeing and knowing that what God is teaching us in Scripture uh, is it, when we open the book, we have to open it up and say, okay, where where did this happen? When did this happen? Who who was this original letter? Who was Paul writing to here in Ephesians? What was going on in the Corinthian church? Who wrote this book of Luke? Was it well, this man Luke? He was a doctor, so he wrote the gospel a little bit different than the book of Mark and Matthew. 
but there's so much we can grab and learn from it. We can't simply read our own understanding to the Bible as well. We must be able to take the Bible and understand it's about Jesus. It's not really about us. Don't go to Scripture looking to make the Scripture about you. You can't. You can't do that. Because if you do that, you're missing the whole point because the whole point is Jesus. The whole point is Jesus. So we're going to continue on next week. I'm going to be honest. I'll give you a little preview for next week. Oh, the unicorn. Are there unicorns in the Bible? Yes, they are. There are. It's a translation. It's really a translation trick, to be honest with you. In Isaiah and in Jeremiah, we read about it. They use the word unicorn. Really, when they were translating it into English, okay, when the original manuscripts were being translated into English, if you remember, the first person to do that was our, our man King James, KJV, not LeBron James. LeBron James has not translated the Bible, but King James did. Uh, my son's in here. He just looked shocked. He didn't realize that LeBron James, Stephen Curry translated the Bible, not LeBron James. Anyway, okay, I'm just playing. It's on his shoes. It's a dad joke. Anyway, so uh, when they translated the Bible, they actually, the word in the original Hebrew is a wild ox, a wild ox. Some some may even say, you know what, that maybe could probably be a rhinoceros. But the English didn't have a word for that, so they just used one horned animal. They used the word unicorn, right? But it's really translated, it's really a wild ox. And if you read other translations and more modern translations, it substitute the word unicorn for wild ox. But this is how the world's coming at us. They're looking to slip us up. All, all the enemy ever wants to do is just create a little bit of doubt. If he can create a little bit of doubt, a little bit of fear, a little bit of I don't know, then he's got us. But here's the, here's the beautiful thing. Here's the great thing. It's okay not to know. That's what the Bible's for. It's okay not to know. That's what the church is for. It's okay not to know. That's what your fellow believers and followers of Christ are. I think one of the greatest things that we can say as believers, it's just like Dan, Dan Kimball said, I didn't know that. And he went and studied it. And it caused him to write a book. Praise God. How crazy is that? That a, a non-believing, uh, someone who doesn't follow Christ, God used him to speak into Dan's life, who's a pastor and apologist, who then writes a book that, man, I've tr- truly enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to teaching and walking through with my people. How awesome is that? I mean, that's kind of like what we talked about in Judges. God's going to do what God's going to do when God's going to do it. So why don't we surrender to it and, and Try to do our best to understand what he's doing. Hey, that is all I got, man, for today. I want, man, I cannot wait. Here's what next week when I jump on here, I'm probably going to be talking about the discussions that we have because some of the questions you may have are probably going to come up Sunday and we're going to discuss it. But we're going to take the next couple of weeks and we're going to make sense of this crazy thing called the Bible. And today I gave you a little brief of what the Bible is and how we handle it. And we're going to keep going a little bit further. Remember, everything you read is about Jesus. And it's okay to say, I don't know. But don't just immediately start Googling. Text somebody. Get a good source. Get a good commentary. Figure out where you can go to get the answers that you need so that you can fall in greater love with Jesus, the one who saved your soul, the one who loves you and is pursuing you each and every day. Now, I'm going to thank you so much for listening to Heart the heart this has been episode 1482 my son just looked at me like i'm crazy it's not (laughs) it's episode like i think i think we're out of the teens we might be in the 20s i don't know we'll check it out hey listen thank you so much god bless you i pray he blesses you and loves you and you fall in love with him even deeper in jesus name this has been heart to heart see ya (laughs) 
Hey guys, thank you for listening to my dad's cringy jokes and heart to heart. And I hope you had a great time. And don't forget to like and subscribe. God bless. Have a wonderful day. They're not cringy jokes, dude. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.